coming up. Police are actually saying that it was a description of the blue Ford Focus that he was in, um, which witnesses are saying that he took off in. That's what helped a sheriff's deputy identify him. And this was within a minute after he left the plant. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. On August 18th, a young woman and her grandmother arrived at an automotive factory in Clinton County, Indiana, to begin their shift. But they never made it inside. Breaking news out of Clinton County tonight, where police are telling us multiple people have been shot at a factory in Frankfurt. There was a shooting here uh, in the parking lot, several victims. Uh, We do have two people that are deceased. They're dead here at the facility. Julia Brooks joins us from WTHR in Indianapolis. Julia, first off, tell us a little bit about this young woman, Promise Mays, and her grandmother, Pamela Sled. Well, we know that she was 21 years old, her grandma, uh, 62. Um, And from police reports that she was arriving to work, her and her grandmother arriving to work around 4.15 that afternoon um, when both of them were gunned down. And we have two female uh, victims. And and male, male subject in custody. Is that, does that person work here, do you know? All three are uh, NHK employees that are involved. Can you say anything more about the relationship between the shooter and the victims? Not at this time, because I don't have that relationship as of yet. And where were they arriving then? It sounds like they worked together. They did. They worked together at that NHK plant. Police are on the scene right now. The company is NHK Seating. They have multiple facilities up in that area in Clinton County. This one happens to be the one that's at State Road 28 and I-65. If you can, take us through in a little more detail then what exactly it is that happens when they pull in for work this day. Right. So we know that they were arriving for what would have been the start of their work day. Uh, They get there from what we know, arrive in the parking lot. And shortly after is when the police reports and court documents tell us that Gary's car pulls up next to them. Um, We know that he is in some sort of struggle um, with the young woman, is is trying to get her out of the passenger side of the car. Um, She struggles, is fighting back, eventually is outside of the car. Um, And that's when we know that the grandmother at at some point trying to to intervene between the two. um, And that unfortunately is when she was shot. This is such a horrific scene. And maybe the detail that stands out to me the most in all of this is this grandmother, Pamela Sled, trying to intervene, trying to do something to save her granddaughter's life. It sounds like at least potentially the 21-year-old Promise Mays was the target here, maybe the sole target. And it wasn't until Sled tried to do something that that both of them ended up getting shot. Yeah, that, that's what it seems like, especially based on some of the things that we learned in that first court appearance. So we learned that, you know, he got out of the car, approached the, the grandmother and, and the granddaughter and was attempting to get the granddaughter out of the car. Um, court documents say that he was attempting to try and put her in the trunk of his car. And that's when we learned that the grandmother gets out of the car, tries to, to speak or has some sort of interaction and intervenes. And then that's when he unfortunately opened fire on her. An affidavit says that May's grandmother, 62-year-old Pamela Sled, was shot and killed while trying to intervene. It also says that Farrell backed over May's body while fleeing the scene. This being in the middle of a parking lot of an automotive plant, I'm wondering if there were any security cameras, and if there are, what they might have captured uh, of what happened. Right. So, I mean, we do know that there were security cameras, and that was one of the things that came out of that affidavit, those court documents that we learned in his preliminary hearing. And so, from based on that surveillance video in the affidavit, it does say that uh, police 
have seen video or security camera footage that shows um, the moments that Farrell, the suspect, shot at least uh, the 62-year-old grandmother of Pamela Sled. And as you mentioned, this is also happening right around shift change. There are people coming, there are people going. I know dispatchers start to receive a handful of 911 calls from employees at the plant. What are they saying? What information are these employees providing? Yeah, several calls, actually. It was those 911 calls that, that came, a lot of them from other employees that identified Farrell as the shooter. I just seen the guy shoot her and then shot his, her granddaughter. And then uh, I was three cars down from it. And I stu- stood there because I didn't want him to know that I was there to uh, get shot myself. And so, you know, there was a, a chase at some point where police were trying to be able to identify Farrell, get his car. And it was actually that um, description of his car that was able to help police get them track him down immediately from those 911 calls that came in from fellow employees. Police say they got a call about 4.15 uh, that there was a shooting here uh, in the parking lot, several victims, uh, but also, as you mentioned, that they do have someone in custody and that there is no longer a threat to the public. Tell us about this this search or this chase then. At what point do police catch up with this suspect, Gary Farrell? Right. So we know that several 911 calls came in from fellow employees that were identifying Farrell as the shooter. But police are actually saying that it was a description of the blue Ford Focus that he was in, um, which witnesses are saying that he took off in. That's what helped a sheriff's deputy identify him. And this was within a minute after he left the plant. So an officer tried to pull Farrell over, identified his car. But then police say that as that officer was trying to pull him over, Farrell then took off, um, a short cra- a short chase rather, um, but the crash, his car eventually crashed soon into a construction zone that was nearby in Frankfurt. And that's when police say that he was arrested um, without trying to escape. Uh, one of my sheriff's deputies would engage the subject and uh, was in a short pursuit with the, the suspect uh, with a vehicle description that came out. We had good information, uh, good uh, vehicle and all that information. So we were able to get him stopped within probably 45 seconds to a minute of him leaving the facility. So when we engaged in that pursuit, it ended in Frankfurt City uh, with a vehicle crash. Uh, the person wasn't injured. The suspect wasn't injured in the crash and has been taken into custody as in, as being detained at this time. Another disturbing detail here. You've reported that the suspect, according to investigators, planned this attack in advance. What can you tell us about that? Right. And this is something that was revealed um, kind of in that initial court appearance um, that he allegedly told investigators that he had planned to do this the night before. And I know investigators recovered what they say is the murder weapon, this gun in the vehicle. One other detail in all of this is that Farrell did not have a handgun license in Indiana. Do we have any idea where this alleged murder weapon came from? No, as of right now, I I don't think that police know where the weapon came from, or at least it's not been revealed to us, but that is one of the handful of charges that he's facing now. What charges then is Farrell facing at this point, and and what is the potential sentence there? So he's, he's facing a handful of charges. We know that he is facing charges for not having a license to have a handgun. He's also facing um, a confinement charge for tying up or attempting to tie up uh, that young woman and put him in the back trunk of his car. Confinement has to do with um, either removing uh, or restraining someone's movement uh, against their will. 
Uh, and in this particular case, that was done uh, with a deadly weapon, specifically a handgun. He's also facing uh, the death penalty. He's being charged with, with murder, and death penalty is, is what prosecutors are going for at this point. We've got an update for you tonight on that deadly shooting that took place this week outside the NHK plant in Frankfurt. The Clinton County prosecutor is now seeking the death penalty for the man who was accused of killing those two women. And that trial is scheduled for February as of now. We'll certainly be keeping an eye on your reporting. Julia Brooks. Thanks for sharing this story. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're right here with a new one every day, Monday through Friday. So if you haven't already, make sure you've hit subscribe or follow on whatever podcast app you use. If you like what we do and you're looking for more podcasts, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows that includes our weekly True Crime Chronicles and our brand new series, Strangeville. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. Redmond.